Hello Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of the Ezra Levant Show with your guest host, yours truly, Kian Bexty. If you like listening to this podcast, then you will love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here at Rebel News. Subscribers get access to watching Ezra's daily show as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months for free. And just for podcast listeners like you, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to premium.rebelnews.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast to show Ezra that I can host podcasts too. And subscribe on iTunes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support The Rebel without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free, audio-only version of Ezra's show. Tonight, Canada inches towards an economic recession. Andrew Scheer makes a bid to lead the CPC in the next election, and Trudeau's Alberta senator pushes to get pedos out of prison. And Kean Bexty, well, I'm hijacking the Ezra Levant show. It's February 19th. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I because it's my bloody right to do so. Blockades have gridlocked this country for weeks now, and there's absolutely no sign of them letting up. Canada has been negotiating with Indians for centuries. Historically, we've always known whose side everybody is on. We've had the political class negotiating on behalf of the Crown, and across the table from them is tribal leadership. Canada has always met somewhere in the middle, and that's how we've gotten things done. But this time, that won't be the case. The negotiations once were taking place in public and Canadians knew what was going on. Now that's not the case and recordings are being kept secret between the two parties. The fate of Canada's economy is being debated by a Prime Minister who has already declared his loyalty to Indians before the Crown. Trudeau was elected to govern on behalf of the Crown, a duty he has brazenly abandoned. But that farce doesn't even come close to the illegitimacy of the bad actors that he is negotiating with. The people cutting off the arteries of our nation are not representing any band, tribe, or anything of the sort. The people extorting our country on behalf of supposedly the Wet'suwet'en are all gringos. How could that be? It's almost like this chaos is being caused by opportunists, environmentalists who put on moccasins for the first time just yesterday, for the first time in their lives, are trying to take advantage of Trudeau's weaknesses. This is Emma Jackson. She's Alberta's resident criminal environmentalist. She is the OG oil tanker bowling pin. She's been hanging off of bridges for so-called climate justice since before I was even in the reporting business. All of a sudden, guess who's been organizing rail blockades in Alberta? Oh, this has nothing to do with her climate activism. Remember that. This is all to do with the Wet'suwet'en. Of course, not the 85% who voted in favor of coastal gasoline, just the 15% who agree with her radical agenda. 
I was tipped off that this whole national hostage situation wasn't authentically Indian when I traveled up to the Crown Land just south of Smithers, BC, west of Houston, BC, the area that these Caucasian blockaders call traditional Wet'suwet'en territory. It's, it's quarter after 12 now, you know what? Do some investigation, I'm sure you'll, you'll come across them. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Okay, all right. Could I, could I ask one question before we go? Um, you guys are using tires and gasoline. Do you, is that hypocritical at all, given that you want to stop a pipeline? No. Isn't that weird? When a decision needed to be made, whether they would talk to me or not, they consulted with the white people running the show in the teepee. Not a surprise though, climate activism is disproportionately white. Given this cause has been orchestrated by white girls around the globe, it was only a matter of time before Greta co-opted the cause. She's pledged support her support and the four million people who are following her to the rail blockades here in Canada. Of course, she's pretending like she has been concerned with the plight of indigenous people for some time. But we all know that this six, 17 year old just enjoys watching developed countries freeze in the dark. I can just picture her face when she hears that there are pipeline shortages. But don't worry, even though the country's facing fuel shortages, farmers are getting turned away at grain elevators because they are at capacity due to rail closures, and premiers are facing threat of citizens' arrest at their houses from terrorist groups like Extinction Rebellion. Rest assured, because Prime Minister Blackface is working extra hard today, extremely hard actually, extremely, extremely hard. Too bad he's not working super duper ultra hard because maybe then we'd see some Mounties doing their job for once. He has been meeting with his like-minded friends, so I guess we shouldn't worry. They had a teepee talk in Ottawa yesterday, excluding anyone with a brain from offering an opinion. This really made conservatives mad, understandably, and Scheer has finally been able to show some strength for once. See, Quebec is upset already. They're talking to provincial police, instructing them to remove blockades. That gave Harper with a smile the go-ahead to put on a serious face and fill up the leadership vacuum left by all of the other incompetents running the House of Commons. As Prime Minister, as I said, I would uh, direct the RCMP to enforce the law to ensure that our railway system uh, can operate. I mean, we have a situation. We have ideologically motivated protesters and activists who have, in many cases, have no connection at all with the First Nations uh, community. And they are threatening the jobs of thousands. Okay, these protesters, these activists, may have the luxury of spending days at a time on a blockade, but they need to check their privilege. They need to check their privilege and let people whose job depends on the railway system, and small business, farmers, do their jobs. After seeing Sheer act like a leader for once, his loyalists were kicking it into high gear. Now I can't tell if they are actually seriously this desperate to save and defibrillate their dairy defender, but they sure seem serious. A non-confidence motion was added to the House of Commons order paper earlier today. After announcing his resignation, Andrew Scheer has just made a bid to lead the party again into the next election. This wasn't just any old member of parliament, 
putting forward a motion of non-confidence. This was Andrew Scheer himself saying that the government needs to fall, and it needs to fall right now before he leaves the party. The party put forward a motion of non-confidence, and just like we expected, Andrew Scheer himself was the one behind it. We knew that this was going to happen. Where have I heard this before? I want to tell you a story from 1979. It's when Joe Clark defeated Pierre Trudeau, and Pierre Trudeau announced his resignation. In late November of 79, Pierre Trudeau said that he would be stepping down as leader, and it seemed like it was to bide his time. It was to take the heat off of him after the disastrous election of Joe Clark, after the Liberals lost an election they thought that they could win. After Trudeau announced his resignation, his caucus voted unanimously to keep him on. Hmm, I wonder where I've heard that before. That's the exact same thing that happened to Andrew Scheer. He announced his resignation amid scandal, and, well, his caucus said, you should stay on. It would be a shame, just as they said to Pierre Trudeau, it would be a shame to lose someone of such high-quality leadership in a time when the Prime Minister is so incapable, just like Joe Clark was, just like Trudeau was. Joe Clark had a minority government, and Trudeau had a minority government. Well, just after Pierre Trudeau announced his soon-to-be resignation, guess what? Pierre Trudeau orchestrated a vote of non-confidence and Joe Clark's government collapsed. And wouldn't you know it, the Liberals, amid Trudeau's sagging popularity, well, they ran the campaign without Trudeau really at the forefront of it. They more ran the campaign against Joe Clark rather than running it with Pierre Trudeau on the masthead. They won that election and they formed Pierre Trudeau's last majority government. Just after Scheer's resignation, I went to his riding to ask people if they even knew who he was. We're wondering if you could tell us who he is. I don't know. Never heard of him? No. Boris Johnson? Yeah, no. No idea. And I called it then. His resignation looks like it was just a stunt. Now who knows if this will pass? Likely it won't. The NDP are flat broken or in no position to contest an election. In the bloc, well, they have more seats than they could ever hope to get. The only people that want this government to fall right now are the Conservatives. And fair enough. If Scheer couldn't win against PM Blackface, how is he going to win against PM Blackbeard? My faith in the Canadian electorate is at an all-time low, and my faith in sheer successfully contesting an election is even lower. Now stay tuned for more. We're bringing Andrew Lawton from True North on the show. Now we have Andrew Lawton from The Andrew Lawton Show with True North. He's joining us on the show today. Andrew, how are you doing? Hey, good to be with you, Ken. I'm doing well yourself. Well, I'm doing well. We're doing a story on the show on the railway blockades that have been gripping the nation. And I want to hear from you how you think our political leadership is handling this situation, namely Trudeau excluding Andrew Scheer from a pretty high-level meeting that he actually included Elizabeth May in, of all people. How do you think conservative voters are going to respond to being excluded from that meeting? Well, I think you're being very generous when you say A, political leadership, and B, handling, because I don't think either it's really accurate right now. We have no leadership on this issue in Canada, and I think it's also safe to say we have no handling of the situation right now. I mean, these situations are so critical in Canada. You have, uh, forgetting about the job losses at uh, VIA and CN, albeit temporary, you've got uh, goods that can't get across the country, you've got people that can't do their jobs, you've got public safety 
safety issues. And all of this, I, I think, is entirely preventable if the law is enforced. And, you know, despite the fact that I am not a, a great ally of Justin Trudeau, these situations are, are the things that, for me, are not partisan situations. These are areas where I think everyone should get behind the prime minister if the prime minister is actually doing something which right now isn't happening. So the fact that this multi-partisan meeting ends up being this uh, mean girls routine where Andrew Scheer has to stay on the other side of the lunchroom while Elizabeth May and Yves-Francois Blanchet and Jagmeet Singh and, and Justin Trudeau talk is absolutely ridiculous. And it's offensive not just to conservatives, but I think to all Canadians because it shows that Trudeau is putting partisanship above actual solutions. Well, Scheer's response to this has been to file a motion of non-confidence in the House of Commons. Do you think that that is a proportionate response to pull the whole government down uh, as a result of these negotiations and even Scheer not being included in the meetings? And, and secondarily, do you think that there's any chance that this will actually pass? Well, no. I, I think the fact that the other leaders were in the meeting and Sheer wasn't indicates that we have a de facto coalition government here. As far as whether it's a, a proportionate response, I don't see the non-confidence motion as being justified because of the meetings and because of the exclusion of the Conservatives. I see it as being justified because of the Liberals not wanting to enforce the law right now. I mean, in question period today, you had Trudeau blaming the Ontario government saying, oh, you know, that." Uh, uh, rail blockade in Ontario. That's that's Ontario's problem. Well, no, this is a national crisis right now. And when the government is talking about de-escalation instead of enforcing the law, I think we're past that point where we can say that the government deserves anyone's confidence on this. These rail blockades have, have started um, in British Columbia, I believe, in, in, in Ontario, and it's started to move and spread to Quebec and Alberta, and Quebec and Alberta is what I want to talk about because Quebec and Alberta don't like to take much. They don't put up with much. And the, the premier of Quebec, the first minister, is already speaking with provincial police, uh, uh, trying to coax them into breaking up this blockade. Now, in Alberta, the provincial police is, of course, the RCMP, and Jason Kenney's government has already been talking about rearranging their position in Confederation. Do you think that this is a pretty... Uh, prime pedestal for Justin uh, for Jason Kenney to launch off of uh, to launch a new provincial police force. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to look at this in, in the broader context of other issues that are going on. Western alienation is a big thing. I know you and I saw each other a couple of months ago in Red Deer at a conference that was focused on uh, raising that question. And, and certainly for Albertans, whose, uh, ultimately whose energy independence relies on a national pipeline network and a national flow of energy from, from west to east, uh, there is a huge problem here when the government is saying that, ah, you know, we're going to let anyone in the country who wants to just set up camp on a rail station uh, to make this point. We're going to let that fly. We're not going to stop that. So uh, this is, I, I think, a, a failing of the government on the First Nations file, a fail of government on, an en on the energy file, and yeah, a fail of the federal government on the Alberta file as well. Well, that's about all the time we have today. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us. To all the viewers at home, you can catch up with Andrew Lawton's new show, The Andrew Lawton Show, at tnc.news. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Now, I want to talk about Paula Simons, who has been fighting very, very hard for Canadians.
as long as you're a child pornographer or a first-degree murderer. See, Paula, in her infinite sober wisdom, thinks that Canadians are just spending too much time in jail. One-size-fits-all justice doesn't just undermine the essential independence of our courts and our judges, it often leads to manifestly unjust outcomes. What we should hope for in our Canadian democracy is that we appoint qualified, well-trained, thoughtful judges whom we can trust to apply their legal skills, their personal morality, and their common sense, whom we can trust to analyze both the facts of a specific case and the text of the criminal code, and pass a sentence that is just. Who knows what the motivations are for Alberta's lone Laurentian. Maybe getting pedophiles out of prison is just a bonus for Paula. Maybe she's trying to create a soft landing for her railway blockading comrades should they ever find themselves in the business end of a cop car. Now that's about all the time we have here on the Ezra Levant Show. I'm Kean Bexie. This was my first time hosting the show and I hope that you enjoyed it. And I know that Ezra usually ends these shows by saying, keep fighting for freedom at the end, but I think I need my own tagline. So I'll take suggestions at the real Kean on Twitter, just direct message them to me. But in the meantime, I don't know, how about, how about this? It's been 193 days since Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Thanks for tuning in.